The following podcast may contain spoilers, strong language, graphic violence, and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. This is not unlike escaping my mother's womb. God, what a memory. Four guys and a movie. Four guys and a movie. Don, I, Brian, Robert, you're reviewing movies for the show. Four guys and a movie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Four Guys in a Movie podcast, the podcast about movies by dorks for dorks. I am your host this week, Rob, joined by my friends in no particular order. Will. Tony. And Joe. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Great. Yeah. Perfect. So, like Alfred Molina, my face is stuck in a bear trap. And your teeth are jet black. And my teeth are jet black. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Cool. <laughs> uh... Alfred Encino Man Molina. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this week we watched Lady Hawk from what what year did this? Uh... 1985. Okay. I mean, I should have been able to tell that just from the uh, <laughs> Casio keyboard presets <laughs> that we're playing throughout this entire film. But uh, yeah, so uh, we'll start off. We'll start off with Will being the. Uh, the youngest little boy. Will, have you ever seen Lady Hawk before? Okay, not only had I never seen it before, I had never heard of it before we rolled it last week, and uh, I kept falling asleep, so I'm not even sure if I saw it today. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I cool. believe at one point you said you thought it was an arm wrestling movie? <laughs> <laughs> or like truck something with truckers? I don't know. Like, How, I don't know, how do you confuse this and over the top? <laughs> what this sounded like, it just sounded like Lady Hawk would be like a, uh, yeah, a CB, CB handle, CB, CB handle for somebody, <laughs> like Candy Cane. Uh, what? <laughs> From Joyride? Okay. Uh, <laughs> now you're right. talking about movies Rob's never seen. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Put it on your bitch. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, Tony, <laughs> what's your history with Lady Hawk? Uh, I've seen it before, um, at least once or twice. I- I'm willing to bet we watch this at a friend's house, because uh, this is, you know, right up there with the kind of movies we watched with uh, our friends there, John and Matt. But um, I haven't seen this in ages. Okay, uh, Joe, how about you? I am pretty sure John showed me this at his house. And I remember from this film, I remember... Matthew Broderick's totally forgettable. Rutger Hauer throws giant swords through people, and the soundtrack totally does not fit the movie. Mm. <laughs> In now, a noticed, spectacular way. <laughs> I noticed today uh, you're, you're going under the moniker Rutger Howitzer. Yes. This is the movie that that came from, right? Correct. That, that sort of inner circle meme we've had going. Yeah, so when, whenever you, you finish off a person by throwing your melee weapon through them... That is called a Rutger Howitzer. Okay. Well, uh, I'm t- uh, a melee weapon you're not meant to throw. Like, a spear oh, doesn't yes. count. Okay. A lot, of, lots of, a lot of accidental stabbings from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally falling on swords. A lot of, <laughs> lot of sor- falling on swords. You're being thrown into fires. <laughs> so, here's where you guys... So, you guys are going to have to, like, help me out a little here, Joe and Tony, because mm. I don't remember ever seeing this movie. And... You know, when, when Sharon was asking me what movie we're doing today, I told her that, you know, I'd seen it at, at John's house with you all. Mm-hmm. But when I watched it today, I was like, I don't remember 
any of this. Mm. So it may be like maybe I was there and I was just wildly distracted or I don't I know. Mean, this might have just been from the era where you, you know, stopped coming around on Fridays. Oh, it's possible, but I, I imagine it's more it's kind of like, you know, water off a duck's back. Like mm. it, you watched it, but you didn't retain a single thing. I guess. Here's a fun fact. I own this movie. <laughs> 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 and On I don't VHS know where it came what? from. I don't know where it came from. No, it's it's a I think it's just a straight DVD. 4K, 4K. Yes, yeah, 4K, 4K 3D Blu-ray. Ultra HD. <laughs> it's the virtual experience. Um, yeah, so I don't I didn't remember this movie at all. I had no idea Matthew Broderick was in this. Um I had no idea there was a wolf involved, although now hearing the story that we watched at John's it doesn't surprise me <laughs> at all. Um, I just, I thought it was about, I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was the main character and she had a pet hawk. That's what I thought it was. God, she's um, not in it, it, it much at all. And for those keeping track at home, that means this is one of the, what, 26 movies that Rob owns and he's never seen it. <laughs> well, to be fair, out of the 26 movies I own, I've seen about three of them. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, all that said, uh, Tony, is there any other history on this movie? Uh, there is. So this was di- uh, directed, of course, by the great Richard Donner, uh, who we you might know from The Omen, Superman, or Lethal Weapon, or well, previous... Well, no. All, no, part all of, of Superman 2. Super- <laughs> Sorry. Technically all of Superman 2, but th- th- that's a complicated story we're not going to get into right now. Uh... But, of course, he's also been a part of previous episodes, The Goonies and Scrooge. Um, for uh, other facts, uh, there were a bunch of hawks used in this movie. One of them. <laughs> Including one very fake one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more than one, I assure you. Uh, but one of them Was this like a Milo and Otis? I don't believe so. I, From what I heard... Yeah, when Matthew uh, Broderick t- told her that he... That he used to eat hawks all the time. He was not kidding. He meant on set. Yeah. Uh, no, but um, one of the hawks apparently really loved uh, Rucker Howard, and they became good friends. Who wouldn't? What? Uh, he was uh, the best man at his wedding. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another one of the hawks named Spike Two, so that doesn't go well. <laughs> But apparently they died in 2007 as an ambassador. To what? To the Hawk Nation? Pretty much. To the Arbiter Society? The people uh, of the Hawk Nation. What? <laughs> Who's dedicated me. to the brave warriors of Hawk Nation? <laughs> uh, they, brought, they also brought in uh, four Siberian Hawks. wolves. To uh, play the wolf, obviously. Um, originally, at one point, there uh, it was going to be Kurt Russell as the lead character here. Oh, wow. Hmm. And uh, Rutger Hauer was looked at to play the old captain, or the new captain of the guard, the, the bad cap- guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, at another time, they thought about uh, replacing, well, Kurt Russell dropped out, and they thought about bringing in Sean Connery. Obviously, <laughs> that didn't go that way. Uh, <laughs> okay. Or... <laughs> For Philippe, they thought about at one point Sean Penn or Dustin Hoffman. Oh boy! Huh. And for the bishop, lateral they, shit. At one time, they thought about getting Mick Jagger. 
um, yeah, that that would be that would not work. And also, I guess in the uh, part where uh, the the hawk is injured and we uh, send Philippe on his way, uh-huh. they slap the horse, and the horse literally just took the fuck off, and they could not control it. Nice. So uh, they just had to wait until I'll it be right back, guys. Tired itself okay. out. Wait, like while Matthew Broderick was on it? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so was this? This was after War Games, but pre Ferris Bueller. I or... believe so. What? Wait, what year was Ferris Bueller? Good question. That had to be late eighties, right? Like borderline nineties. I'm not sure. Let's let's. I'm gonna look it up right now. If only there was some kind of internet movie database. What year did Ferris Bueller's Day Off come out? Eighty six. Oh yeah, eighty six. So he probably was filming around the same time, maybe. Wow. Okay. He should have kept that same haircut. (laughs) Same uh, wardrobe. (laughs) All right. Well, Joe has stepped out of the room. So does somebody want to do the cast list here, real quick? Yeah. So we got. Rutger Hauer mm-hmm. as uh, Wolf Guy. Yep. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as titular Ladyhawk. Mm, titular indeed. Uh, Matthew Roderick as Philippe the Mouse. And uh, Alfred Molina as Wolfcatcher Guy. <laughs> Wolfcatcher Guy, yep. <laughs> uh, so when I woke up from falling asleep, he, it was when he fell and got his head trapped in a <laughs> thing. So I'm like, oh, that's. Yeah. There is Alfred Molina. Yep, played a huge part in this really, really nice foreshadowed bad guy for the movie. Oh, boy. All right. You also have uh, John Wood returning to the show as the bishop. What was he before? I don't even remember. Uh, he was in War Games, actually. Oh, wow. Oh, was he was a professor, right? Like the... Yep. Okay. Yeah, I see it now. Oh, and nice. Leo McKern as Imperius. Yeah, was he in anything before? Not seems that like a, I remember. Seemed like a famous British actor, but like nothing I had really seen. Yeah, oh, yeah probably, he, he was definitely in other stuff, but probably just uh, like a, a character British. actor. I don't know if I trust someone whose name is Imperious. Like, well, pretty, I uh, mean, it's pretty he, scary. He did pretty much screw the pooch. In I mean, I'll yeah. Back, so what did I miss? Uh, we just read off the cast list. Oh, okay. Then yeah, I'm I think I felt. I think I was. A, I think I was asleep when they explained like why they were. Uh, Wolf and Lady Hawk, so you guys are gonna have to explain that to me. We'll get to that. So, when a boy wolf and a Lady Hawk love each other very much, you get uh, a Rutger Hauer. <laughs> That's right. You get an eight foot tall blonde Aryan boy. So, do you want to guess at how much money this movie cost to make? Ooh. Hmm. Um, How many hawks did they go through? <laughs> they said four, so that probably means at least eight or nine. Yeah, definitely. Publicly eight. Yeah. Publicly four. How much? I'm gonna say eight million dollars. Yeah, my gut was ten. My, my gut was saying ten million. What's this going rate for a hawk when they're an ambassador, though? That didn't um, until after though. That's post. Gonna, that's post lady hawk. I'm gonna lowball it. Say six million. Bad choice. It was twenty million. Okay. For the budget? Holy Jeez. crap! Because my first instinct was actually fourteen, but I was like, "That's ridiculous." Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Want to guess how much it made? Uh, uh, 
30 million. 40. Oh. I'll give you a clue. None of you remember this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or have ever heard of it in any kind of discussion about movies. <laughs> Eight <laughs> million. No, it, it was 18 million. Ah. Uh, okay. We all overshot. I was well, talking. To, I was talking to Rob pre-record, and I was like, "I'm surprised this movie hasn't gotten a weird remake." Uh, it did in that one episode of Charmed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Get some. Get just a CGI. Uh, yeah, CGI this is one. Wolf. I feel like it'd be fucked up if they remade it. They'd they'd fuck it up pretty bad. Well. Uh, fucked it up the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in our ratings. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know. <clears throat> anyway. I do apologize. I'm having some. Uh, <coughs> uh, got the Dorito lungs over there. <laughs> no, I got choking the... on some feathers. <laughs> no, it's allergies. Ah, mm. uh, hurry! All right. So, <laughs> fir- first thing immediately apparent in this movie that, I've, like I've already mentioned, the soundtrack is so fucking inappropriate. Yes, <laughs> it is amazing. I mean, it is literally like. Ravenous, and then this for movies with soundtracks that do not fit what's going on. Yeah, it definitely set the tone. Like as soon as I turned it on, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is like sending off some warning bells in my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's... why, why is it playing a montage music right now? Like, <laughs> what's happening? Who's fighting? Who's getting prepared to fight? Because if you asked Alan... me beforehand what the uh, soundtrack would sound like, I would have guessed like. Some kind of, you know, Lord of the Rings adjacent, you know, some high mm-hmm. fantasy yeah. orchestral. They mentioned some sort of philharmonic orchestra, but I don't hear that. I just no. hear Alan Parsons pounding synthesizers. And holy crap, are they are they pounding? I gotta say, though, I was kind of into it. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. I was I was loving it, but I'm like, this does not match what's going on at all. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's so bizarre, and it's so, like... <laughs> Every time there's any kind of action sequence, it just goes into this huge, insane, like... Yeah, and this is not a man who uh, who's just been accidentally stabbed with a sword and is screaming in pain. This is not the soundtrack you want for that scene. <laughs> it's like training, mo- training montage. Yeah, but... Freaking the, circus, <laughs> circus music going on. But because of that, it somehow works for me. But at the same so, time, it sounds almost like kind of off-brand MIDI versions of songs that already exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these songs are not—they're not strong on their own. Like I wouldn't—I wouldn't crank any of these in my car or whatever. Also, this opening sequence goes on for like two minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. Uh, what are we doing here? It starts off. We got some. Uh, we got some people getting hanged in this. Uh, we got this place, Aquila. Looks like it sucks there. People are getting hanged. The guards go into the dungeons. They want Philippe Gaston. They want the mouse. It's pretty much your typical medieval shithole. Mm-hmm. Speaking of shithole, you actually get to watch the live birth of a turd. Yeah. So <laughs> Matthew Broderick is born into this movie. He Shawshanks this motherfucker. Yeah, he does. He Shawshanks his way out. He he escaped right down the shitter. Um, He's he's just crawling out of his mud hole. He legit (laughs) looks like a dog shaking on a lawn, just trying to to squeeze one out. 
And he's probably, this character is probably my biggest problem with the movie. Because, yes. I mean, they need someone, I guess, to witness um, the dynamic between um, Navarre and Isabeau. But, like, Gaston, he's just such an unremarkable character. Like, he's like, he's a thief, and, you know, he does a few cool thief moves. But, like, the whole talking to God thing doesn't work. Or it almost, and... like, makes sense that he would be better served as a sidekick to Rutger Hauer that you just... That uh, is there for comic relief versus being played as like the the POV character, the secret yeah. hero of the movie, basically. So he's in the sewers. He talks about escaping his mother's womb. Then he it's like gross. gets in a friggin' into a tunnel, and he thinks he sees. I don't even know what he thinks he sees, but it's I a cow skull. No, I have no yeah. idea because I the whole time some sort of like... mythical beast. No, the whole time, I, I'm like, that's a cow skull. Like, yeah, floating in the water. There, there's no I, sewer buffalo. That's not a thing. I think he thought it was a body. Mm -hmm. uh, well, like a person, yeah. not a cow. So, he climbs up a grate, and he's uh, ends up inside Aquila's cathedral, um, and he gets his fingers stepped on, and he falls through the grate, and you're like, that was scene was pointless, but uh, little do we know, that'll play into things yeah. way, way later after you've forgotten yeah. about it. He little seems do surprised. we know that most of his scenes will be pointless. Mm -hmm. He seems surprised that like his fingers were getting stepped on, but I'm like, you're in a, you're putting him up in like a church, like people are walking around. Right. Yeah. And I'm more surprised his... that so few people noticed what was going right. on. They noticed. They didn't care. They're like, oh, it's some dirty some sewer plague rats. Yeah. Some in plague fairness, rats. <laughs> a whole bunch of illegal shit happens in that church later on in the movie, and none of those people give one fuck. That's it's fair. A, a dirty ass Oswald Cobblepot sticking his head up again. Yeah, but squish him good this time. But when Oswald Cobblepot popped up, at least the you know the bulk of the people around would either gawk at him or like hit him with a cane or something. Yeah, this is medieval times. People don't care. Yeah, they were just like, eh, it's a guy in the sewer. Whatever. No, people literally get murdered in this church later. They don't care. They don't care about a man in a grate. So anyway, Gaston, like, he goes, he's he's in the castle's moat now, and he uh, goes, picks a pocket, does, you know, steals a guard's dagger, steals his coin purse. If this talks. was a D&D, &D, you know, as a D&D &D novice, what would you roll here? Uh, that would be the pickpocket skill. Nice. Well, it depends on your addition, but in like dexterity. Uh, it would be modified by your dexterity. Nice. Um. So yeah, I, as I told Becca while we were watching this, I'm like playing a thief in D and D is never this cool. Um. Usually you just get beat up a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it seems I failed again. <laughs> yeah. Well, time to take my thrashing. Mission. <laughs> mission. Mission failure. <laughs> yep. Wants uh, to hang Gaston to kill Gaston, <laughs> flagellate. And so I don't know, we I get lost the, it. we get the new guard captain, and he mobilizes a posse to go capture Gaston. And then um, we see uh, off in the distance, there's this black rider. He's got a hawk. Yeah, and a big ass sword. Like, who the hell's uh, this guy? And I was like, oh wow, Michelle Pfeiffer looks bigger than. Yeah. <laughs> and all that gear. Yeah. Um, Alright, so dumbass Gaston, he escapes, he's so fucking proud of himself. He's at this inn, and he's like, give me your finest wine, I'm gonna spend this guard money I just stole. 
And I'm just going to brag to every fucking person in the world that I just escaped from the dungeons of Aquila, including the not very well disguised guards that are sitting here. <laughs> what, and what, half what, the what, what would that be? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a clear failure of a role. <laughs> I don't know what skill he was attempting to use. Act like an asshole. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, he literally, he breaks out of jail, he goes to a bar the town over, and just starts talking <laughs> shit about how he just broke out, despite the fact that half the patrons are clearly disguised guards. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly. <laughs> Alright, so he does a bunch of, like, beefy scrambles, and this is what you think playing a thief in D&D is gonna be like. You're gonna, like, crawl under stuff and jump across things and all that. Uh, in in reality, your armor class is not high enough for that crap. The guards just beat you up, yeah, which wait, is which, essentially which, what happens here. Which one of the three ninjas is he? I don't remember. Tum Tum. Yeah, he's Tum Tum. He's Dum Dum. He is Dum Dum. All right, so he's about he's about to get. Uh, well, first off, like he spins a guy around with a knife and cuts the guard captain's head uh, or face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now the guard captain's got a little scar. He's like, kill him. So fucking Rucker Hauer shows up with a Yee. goddamn double crossbow. Ye old Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Yeah, he's got his he's got his double crossbow. Um, the captain of the guard, like, pushes a man onto his sword. Yeah, <laughs> that was like... Sucks. It was kind of a cool character moment that made you realize this guy used to be the captain of the guard. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's some people in the ranks that are still, like, fans of his. Yeah. But then it's cut short by immediately a dude getting pushed onto a sword on on accident. And I'm like, okay. I don't think it was an accident. Well, well, Rucker Howard didn't mean to. um, Yeah. He was pointing his... It's like pointing his... The, the captain was like, I'm the captain now. If you don't respect that, yeah. you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pushed onto Rucker Howard's sword, who obviously yeah. did not want that to happen to <clears throat> a former so, buddy. So Rucker Howard just beats everyone's ass, including, like, after getting his horse, chasing down Gaston, picking him up, putting him on the horse with one arm, which, you know, I guess if you're Rucker Howard, you could do that. Well, the problem Rucker- is that... Uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick has his horse license revoked. They're not. Yeah. Horse is like, I've seen what you do. I'm not going to be an accomplice. (laughs) So he takes this this horse, jumps over a gate, and just punches the guard in the face from horseback. (laughs) Like, just, sure. Okay. Doesn't he punch him in the face? Does he, like, just hit him on his freaking helmet? (laughs) He might have hit the helmet. Either way, the guard's done, and, like, all the while, while this ass-whooping's going on, it's playing this, this synth music that you're just like, I'm really jazzed about that man who just got shoved onto a sword by his own leader. <laughs> so, they immediately transition to um, a, like, weird-ass stick fort in the village, I mean, in um, in the jungle, not the jungle, the, the woods. Yeah, you know, a forest stick fort. Inhabited by two people, one of which only communicates in pigeon noises. <laughs> Wait, those are people? I thought they uh, were Ewoks. Shaved Ewoks? Yeah. The wife definitely was. Yeah. Gooby Ewoks. I think the wife was just a bald Ewok. She was yeah. definitely making I... uh, googly eyes at Matthew Broderick, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. 
I think we can both agree that regardless of what exactly they were, they're probably the parents to uh, Wilford Brimley from the Battle to Frandor. Mm. So they're um like Rucker Howard's like, we're staying here. And the guy's like, no. And he's like, we're going to use your barn. We'll pay you. The guy's like, well, I guess I'm not going to beat your giant blonde ass in a fight. So I guess you're staying in my barn. They're like, yeah, shut up. You're NPCs in this, <laughs> this <laughs> scenario. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we find out the horse's name is Goliath. Uh, he can trot like a motherfucker. And, um, you know, what's his name? Mouse goes to take care of him. Navarre, who is this this giant blonde man, giant Rutger Hauer, he's like, all right, you take care of my horse. I'm going to go into the barn and, like, rub a dress on myself. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Wiseau style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking just Later. turn into a damn wolf. So now Gaston's out walking around getting firewood, and he's like, "Fuck this! I don't. I'm not gonna collect this man's firewood. I'll get the fuck out of here." When he's getting chased by a spooky wolf, and uh, you know, so now the guy who whose house they were staying at is like, "That's it. You're out of the barn. It's killing time." Takes his axe, tries to kill Gaston, and uh, gets his throat torn out by a wolf. And, uh, you know, Gaston's, like, freaking out, running back into the barn, um, going to get his crossbow, and, uh, there's a lady there all of a sudden. And she steals his crossbow bolt, and the dumbass um, dumped all the other ones on the ground, so he's not getting any of those. And then, uh, she's like, nah, it's cool, don't worry about it, I'm gonna go take a walk with the wolf, you sit here and be useless. He's like, can do. That's where I'm a Viking. (laughs) And then it cuts to a shot of just the guard captain who just got done being lit on fire, getting his ass whooped, just riding through this one shepherd's flock of sheep just because. And then um, he gets off his horse, gets a new horse and rides off. And you're like, thanks, pointless scene. Yeah, yeah there was some definitely weird editing in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um... Gotta fill time somehow. <laughs> yeah, make it two and a half seconds longer. <laughs> yeah. So he essentially, he goes back to the bishop, um, and the bishop is essentially Grand Moff Tarkin in a bishop costume. Yeah, he's Bishop uh, Palpatine. Yeah, um, and he speaks, yeah, with like a Palpatine-esque voice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. You know, and he's he's basically like, uh, you know, guy tells him Navarre's back, he's like, kill him, do it. And then uh, sends him back on his way. Now we cut back to Navarre and Gaston are talking about this beautiful woman that Gaston saw last night. Navarre's all like, ooh, I'm very interested, but uh, I'm not going to tell you my fucking secret, because, you know, know, why why do that? Why not let you uh, get chased by a scary wolf again? (laughs) That Um, is the thing, like, he's, you know, he's basically saying, you need to stay with me now, because you know the way to sneak into the, uh, the castle, whatever, city, castle, whatever we're calling it. Uh, so I need you to come with me on this adventure. But, like, what is your plan? Just hoping he sleeps through the night all the time and ne- never questions things? Like, Yeah, you gotta give him more details than that. Possibly even explain the whole, like, this is, you know, why I have to kill the bishop. Because he fucking made me a werewolf. Yeah. So, um, we learn also that the bishop, you know, he wants the hawk alive. And he's like, get me your dirtiest Alfred Merlina. <laughs> I need that wolf dead. So, and um, we also learned 
that uh, Rucker Hauer can throw this giant greatsword that he has that he never uses on people. He just throws it. Yep. Uh, you know, it's his throwing sword, and he can throw that into a tree really well. Um, so yeah, he tells Gaston, yeah, you're basically my prisoner. You're going to get me into Aquila so I could kill the bishop. And uh, Did they ever say if the wolf is like aware when he's the wolf, or is it just kind of a wild animal? They he, say Because every time I woke up, effect. it was attacking somebody, and it seemed like a bad time. Yeah, they said they don't remember what happens as the animal, okay. but they, they have an attraction to each other still. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he also just fucking ties him up. He ties Gaston to a tree for the night, uh, which Gaston manages to, to uh, talk to uh, this lady that shows up at night, this uh, Michelle Pfeiffer-looking lady, to... Uh, you know, she's busy chasing a bunny around. He's like, look, just fucking untie me. I'm going to get out of here. And because uh, he sucks, he immediately just goes to the next village and gets captured. Um, <laughs> next note, guards attack Navarre at a village to inappropriate music. Uh, so, yeah, we get another just Navarre beating ass on the guards to this pounding synth uh, track. And everyone gets crossbowed. Navarre gets crossbowed. The hawk gets crossbowed. Like if you're not uh if you're not Matthew Broderick, you're catching a crossbow bolt. And Navarre's like, all right, there's not enough characters in this movie. Take the take the hawk that's been all shot down the road to Imperius. I'm gonna sit here and sulk, I guess, and then turn into a wolf. So uh yeah, Navarre goes racing off to this ruined castle, or not Navarre, G- uh, Gaston goes racing off to this ruined castle, and uh, we meet this guy, Imperius, and uh, he's like, yeah, bring that hawk in there, we'll eat her. <laughs> and then friggin', um, what you call it, he like, uh, uh, Gaston tells him that, like, no, no, this is Navarre's hawk, and he's like, oh shit, bring her inside. I'm going to go get some herbs and crap. You don't come in here. <laughs> and so... Leave her for me. I yeah. wait till night. <laughs> Matthew Broderick's uh, Gaston here, he's just like, all right, don't go in there. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Fucking, you know, passes his move silently and his uh, pick locks and just gets in there, finds a fucking naked, wounded Michelle Pfeiffer in there. Um, and... Don't we all hope to find you that? Know. I mean... Yeah. Not wounded, really. Well, no, not so much that part, no. Not even necessarily mm. naked, just, uh, yeah. So, we get the uh, crucial scene of just weird music and strange imagery as Imperius pulls a bolt from Michelle Pfeiffer's tit. And, uh, McCall, while this is happening, the bishop is like, he's having a dream, like he's in a tool video, he's twitching all over the place, sweating <laughs> crazy. And he's woken up because a filthy, filthy Alfred Molina has arrived. He's covered in fleas and scars and his teeth are jet black. And Bishop's like, yo, go kill this wolf. He's like, get my head caught in a bear trap. Can do. I gotcha. (laughs) And he's out. Top of this. Yeah. Is this uh, after we've seen the terrible, um, terrible fake hawk? The guy hit with the bolt? Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> yes. That's already out. Oh, yeah, yeah, got yeah. shot down. Yeah. I don't know how I totally... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... I, it... I laughed out loud. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, I, had to, I had to rewind it a couple of times. You're, um, you're not doing that with a real hawk, so... No, <laughs> this is what certainly we have not. For. But, I mean, I was just thinking back to, uh, you know, I had home economics in high school. Mm. <laughs> had to make 
a stuffed animal, like her sewing, <laughs> and it, it looks a lot like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't get so, you know you don't you're not going to do that to the future ambassador part. Yeah, this is also why I'm thinking this is not a Milo and Orta situation because they would have done it, that. Yeah, they would have just shot a bird. Like, <laughs> yeah. They would have had a cat with a crossbow. If it's something you can eat afterwards, I mean, really, what's the harm? All right. So now Gaston, he's talking to this imperious guy, and he's like, look, neither of these motherfuckers I'm traveling with are fans of, you know, telling me things. So um, what's going on here? And imperious is like, okay, check it out. So um, there's this chick, Isabeau. It's Michelle Pfeiffer. Everyone wants Michelle Pfeiffer, including the bishop. Mm -hmm. Um but she wanted, instead, she wanted a Rutger Hauer for some reason. So, um, you know, he was the captain of the guard. So the bishop got re- got so pissed, he uh, he busted out the devil magic. Just went <laughs> straight for the heresy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. man. Yeah, that shit escalated quick. And he's like, fuck this. I could just change Navarre into a wolf, you know. Just he's just a wolf now, but no. Instead, I'm going to make it where he's a wolf at night and his bow's a hawk during the day, and they can only see each other for a fleeting moment at sunrise and sunset, and they're just going to have to live like that forever. And uh, you know, so there was this this other priest that told the bishop essentially of that uh, that Isabeau and Navarre were in love, and this guy is really guilty, so he goes he lives in a uh, destroyed castle now. And it's imperious. And so what was Isabeau before this? Hot. She was just, you know, like, like, a, a, like a, a hot maiden or, or something. Okay, and the bishop had the hots for her too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't get into her class or anything. She's just some hot, hot lady hot, in town. Hot. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. So, I think in an RPG, she would be hot class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing I do like with this movie is that, like, He's a bishop of a religion, but they never really talk, like, they mention God, but they don't really, like, go so far as to put up, like, Christian imagery or anything. It's just... Oh, that's a good point. It's a religion. Like, the symbol is cross-like, but not a cross. Mm-hmm. And, they, yeah, they're, they're like, you know, let's not get into all that. This guy, he he's an evil bishop of a different religion that very quickly results to devil magic. When yeah, like in the in the church, the set they use for that the church, it could just as easily have been the like the hall for a king. You know, there's no like yep. really religious symbolism in it or anything. So that's I didn't think about that. That's some of that gets into questions yeah. I'll have later. But <clears throat> okay, so um, yeah, we get this this guy, this Alfred Molina guy, Caesar. He's been dispatched to get the Black Wolf. We get some guards showing up to the castle that uh fucking um you know the the hawks in yeah they're like you're gonna give us that michelle pfeiffer and uh it's freaking home alone shenanigans is what happens next the sun like begins to rise is beginning to rise but it hasn't risen yet um and so fucking like they start to break in like the gate that imperious has like gives up like a bitch immediately under the battering ram and then yeah imperious is like i'm gonna home alone these guys for a while i got some traps and, like, one of the guards just straight up punches him in the fucking face and is like, done with you, old man. Um, so, Imperius does say, uh, warn uh, them that the bishop can't be killed, because if you kill the bishop, the curse will never end. 
the bishop has to see them both together as as man and woman. Um, so the uh, watch them. Fuck. So <laughs> I I missed that part of dialogue. So I was <laughs> I was really creeped out at the end of the movie. But yeah, it's, I was totally lost. But I kind of figured like <laughs> his something witness like that. me moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at us. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Like he was gonna start banging her. <laughs> consummate this right here how you like so, now yeah the guard the um, empiricist game of home alone kind of sucks and the guards just kick his ass so um then they climb up to the top of a tower which was not the greatest move um and they end up like sealing a trap door at the top which a guard just immediately breaks through and then fucking butterfingers matthew broderick here knocks isabeau off the side of the castle Tries to, to grab her, can't even fucking hold on to her. And she falls into some very oh, questionable boy. effects as oh, the sun boy. comes up. This oh, is God, yeah. this is a year before Labyrinth. People can't turn into animals yet, so <laughs> um they gotta get creative, I guess. And uh she turns into a hawk, is what we're led to believe. Uh what we're shown is kind yeah. of questionable. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. Right. I I am usually a big, uh, you know, defender of like old school special effects, but uh, but these aren't effects. Well, yeah. well, that's part of. Well, I was going to say the uh, the rear projection stuff when she's hanging there is yeah. not good. Like green screen was way better. Yeah. And then, yeah, we just, we couldn't even do anything, so we just kind of show an eyeball and then do a hawk scream, and, like, that's it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, oh, she's screaming, like, nonstop screaming, to the point where I'm like, please stop. Please, I'm yeah. so loud and I'm not I think that's what woke me up from my nap. <laughs> and oh, just... that... <laughs> That yeah, gets worse it, later, by the way. It just closes in on her face and, like, a close-up of her eye, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah! <laughs> and then it pulls out, and oh, there's a the hawk just flying around. So, long and short of it, she becomes a burb. Flies mm-hmm. off. Um, fucking, the guard is now... Yeah, they closed, by the way. Uh, yeah, whatever. They're gone. I don't know. So, guard, um comes up there spots fucking mouse because he's a shitty thief and is like all right where the fuck she'd go uh mouse is like i don't know but there's rucker howard gonna shoot you with a crossbow from a different time zone (laughs) (laughs) it's like a fucking sniper with that thing and this is some good quality um throw dummy off top of tall tower (laughs) yep like that was a solid long shot of a dummy just crashing into the ground I was making the same face of that gargoyle that Broderick was standing next to. <laughs> yeah, like, so Navar just woke up, grabbed his crossbow. It's just like, yeah, that man needs to die. Yeah. So, um, all right, so now Navar talks to Imperius, and Imperius is like, yo, check it out. In three days, there's going to be an eclipse, but I don't know anything about science, so I can't say that. So I have to say cryptic ass... You know, there won't, there'll be a day without a night and a night without a day. Rucker Howard's just like, shut up. Yeah, that's not how eclipses work, bro. I'm going to go just kill the guy now. We just figured out this thing called day for night. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so now, like, they start heading back to Aquila. Um, you know, Navarre and Mouser together, and, uh, they, 
Um, I forget why they split up. He's like, just go, go watch her. I'm going to go be a wolf. And it appears like Gandalf riding on a cart shows up and scares the crap out of Navarre. Like, he's like, I gotta go. I guess that was fucking Mouse. Or not Mouse. Um, Cesar, the wolf hunter. But, like, he seemed really scared of this random vagabond on a cart. So, yeah. Um, so, what you call Gaston finds a barn to put a... Uh, What's her name in uh, Isbo? Well, Rucker Hauer runs through the woods and shape shifts. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this you is mean what I was drops talking about. off, drops off yeah. the uh, frame, and then a wolf is in the frame. Yes, that kind of shape shifting. I would take this over what we saw Michelle Pfeiffer go. I through. agree. I fully agree with that. Um, True, but it it is <laughs> it is just so badly done because like. They even they try and trick you by throwing in a mm. like a lightning strike. Yeah. But, but like, there's a clear like, oh, five or six frames before the wolf shows up after he disappears. Like, like he hasn't it's even not got, even subtle at all. He hasn't even gotten his shirt off. Like mm-hmm. he's still undressing, and then suddenly, oh, it's a wolf. Yeah. There's a wolf I could have used one bit of like American Werewolf in London kind of effects. Just Ooh, one yeah. shot of a. Uh, a mask with some air bladders in it, like twitching around. That would be Something great. Like that. Yeah, but, that'd be awesome. But at the so, very least, just edit it faster so it's literally just a blink and he's changed. Yeah, this should not be in slow motion like no. it was. <laughs> no. Um. All right. So fucking now, Gaston's like, I'm gonna make my move here. I'm gonna be all like, Hey there, Isbo. Uh, Navarre said you're supposed to do anything that I tell you to do. So, uh, right, you're going to put this dress on and we're going to dance. And we're going to have some wine That's and, uh, right. see where the night do... takes us. Yeah. They do some fucking medieval dancing, I guess. They're like, let's go get that wine. They step out of the barn and, uh, they run into <laughs> the filthiest of Alfred Molina's. So wait, do you, do you think he's legit trying to seduce her here? I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's supposed to be like Isbo her attractiveness is sort of like the one ring where it just, <laughs> that's funny. I was about to make the exact, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it, it'll just, uh, it'll wear on everyone. Like you know, every, uh, everyone the, wants to hit that. She spends half her time, not human. So therefore she's not, she's like half as dirty as all the other women in the, that is true. Yeah. In the kingdom. Yeah. So it's like, wow, her skin's not dirty. <laughs> yeah. The whole time he spends with her, he's just like, all right, remember the thing with your mother. Remember the thing with your mother. Remember the, uh, no, I'm still getting a boner. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they run into the, to Alfred Molina and Isabeau just screams and runs in the barn, which is a, a fair reaction to this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Gaston just spills the beans that her name's Isabeau. So fucking Cesar over here, he's like, all right, I don't, I'm at my place. Let's go set some traps for some wolves. <laughs> and friggin' um, Isbo, you know, you think she's cowering in the barn, but no, she's actually getting on Goliath and riding off to save her man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, now we think this is going to be a big deal. Like, they've built up Cesar like he's some kind of something, at least. Like, he'll, he'll, be mar- he'll be somewhat effective. Yeah, like, he'll be, like, the main foil for, for Rutger yeah. Hauer. Because, like, the guard captain, you've already kind of taken the wind out of his sails. Like, that guy sucks. Um, yeah. tossed in a fire. Yeah. This little cape caught on fire. You can't, can't take it seriously. I almost think that was real. <laughs> so, so, 
Cesar puts up a bunch of, like, bear traps, um, catches the wrong wolf, throws stones into most of his own bear traps, um, and then, like, when he's looking at the wolf he caught that is not Navarre, fucking, um, Michelle Pfeiffer just runs out and pushes his face into a bear trap. <laughs> yep. You get a nice Alfred Molina scream face yeah. with a bear trap around it. <laughs> and I mean... That's the correct way to kill that character, but it was like, have him do something. <laughs> right. Have him do do something. Like, have him at least catch Rutger Hauer? Like, yeah. Like, uh, at least put, put Rutger Hauer in a situation where he's helpless or, you know. Yeah, if that wolf danger. in the trap had actually been him, you know, like, he didn't have to die. Like, he just had his ca- uh, foot caught or whatever, and Alfred Molina's is going to kill him, and then she comes over. But no, nope, it's not even him. Be a, a beef. Like a funny move if she goes over to the wolf that's not Rutger Hauer to be like, oh, baby, blah, 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 and just like fucking bites her hand off. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we cut to the next day, and uh, the the lady hawk here lands on Mouse's arm, not Navarre, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, what happened last night? He banged yeah. my wife, my bird wife? <laughs> To be fair, she wasn't a bird at the time. Yeah. And so Mouse, rather than tell the truth, like, yo, you almost fucking got killed by a dirty Alfred Molina. <laughs> like, and she saved you. He's all talking about some other crap. And then, you know, he talks his way out of it, though. He's like, oh, she couldn't stop talking about you. She loves you. Blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to uh, a, just a majestic scene of a hawk flying across a lake. Pretty cool. Wait, you know? well, if I could just say, that was one of the really weird things for me with mm-hmm. all this is he routinely starts lying about what the other one said to make yeah. up all this flowery stuff. And it's like, they're supposed to be deeply in love. Why does he have yeah. to lie about all yeah. this? Like, like, they're already star-crossed lovers. You don't need to, like, pat it out even more. Yeah. Yeah. And just tell the truth, like, uh, she walked around with, the, with you as a wolf for a while and ignored me like she usually does. Like... So, either way, um, we see that Imperius is on his way to Aquila as well, and he's taken to Fury Road with his uh, savage-ass <laughs> wagon. Um, and Navarre's, like, they all meet up, and Navarre's like, Ah, uh, fuck you, Imperius, I'm not gonna wait another day, even though, like, I've waited two years. I'm gonna go storm the castle today. And even though, technically, I only remember half of the day. Yeah. Uh, so... He, he goes to sleep, and uh, Imperius Gaston and Isabeau, at night, they hatch a plan. They're like, all right, um, we're going to have you guys dig a hole of some sort, and that's it. That's the plan. Just fat, fat dude in a, in a hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we get the obligatory trying to get the fat man out of the hole scene. Um, and then uh, the wolf shows up, and uh, I guess the plan is just trap him in a hole. But I'm like, that, that hole's not going to hold Rutger Hauer. Like, so, I mean, was the plan just to, like, you know, like, what was the plan? Because Rucker Howard's just going to get right out of that. And I'd, I'd wager he'd be able to, like, even if um, Mouse and Imperius were trying to stop him, he'd just beat their asses and get out of the hole. Well, turns out it doesn't matter anyway, Joe, because he never even makes it to the hole. Yeah. He just yeah. falls he through finds another one. Yeah. yeah. There's legit two holes before that hole. So now we get the rescue the doggo from the pond scene, where Mouse just... This is sad to watch. Like, the dog should be able to get out of that water pretty easily. Mouse can't fucking do anything helpful. He falls in the water. Was it like uh, a dog dummy? I don't know what was, was happening dog? there. I think that was a real dog. 
I told oh. I was talking to Rob. Something was up with my TV, like because it's really bright in the room that I like watch my TV in. So like most of the night scenes, I couldn't see a lot of stuff, and like I never got a really good look at what the wolf looked like anyway. <laughs> so it just looked like Matthew Broderick like fiddling with something furry in the water. Yeah, Isabeau does not do much to help, and like they all get out of the ice. They're all just lying there on top of the ice. And fucking Imperius crawls over. And I was just thinking, how funny would it be if his fat ass caused the whole thing to break again <laughs> and they all fell in? Um, well, that's the other funny thing is, like, this kind of seems to be the scene where they're like, oh, Imperius, you've, you know, you've redeemed yourself a bit. And, like, we're, we can trust you now. But it's like, he didn't do anything. Yeah. So, all right. Um, basically, like, at the beginning of the next day, like... You get the scene where uh, they can see each other for a sec as, you know, uh, the wolf turns into Navarre. And then, like, he can see uh, uh, Isbo for a sec. He puts his hand out and they touch each other. But then Isbo's eyes turn into hawk eyes and she flies away. And Rucker Hauer is a very, very angry Rucker Hauer right here. Um, so he's like, where's my family sword? And uh, Gaston's like, yeah, shit fell through the ice. It's, it's fucked. And, you know, so Navarre's, like, is gonna beat his ass, and then he sees uh, all of um, Gaston's wolf wounds, and he's like, how did you get these? And he's like, well, saving your dumb ass from the, the lake. So now, I guess... I guess Navarre now is like, okay, I'll wait a day. We'll do this your way, Imperius. Um, and Imperius's plan is a pretty bold one. He's like, alright, Gaston, you sneak into the castle. I'll just take my damn wagon and just bring both these motherfuckers in there. And I guess, you know, the bishop didn't tell anybody to be looking out for Isbo or a black wolf. So this just works. They just go in the castle and they just get past everyone. Yeah, it's weird. So why like, did he why did he lie about the sword? Just because he, he thought it would stop him from going after the, the bishop? I think so. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it much myself. Okay. No, I think it was a uh, like because he was, you know, that's his family sword. He needs that to kill the bishop. So I think he was thinking if he doesn't have the sword, that's less reason to go try and kill the bishop. But yeah, it's not very clear, and it seems like he has other reasons to decide to go with their plan anyway. So I don't know. So okay. it's a bit weird. So bishop takes like all night to get ready, and uh, you know it's daytime again, and there is a, a big old procession to the cathedral. And uh, that takes a while. And um, inside the church, while people are filing in, fucking uh, Gaston here, there's a dude standing on the grate. And Gaston's like poking him in the foot with a knife. And this guy's just like, oh, must be a rat. <laughs> like, why would you want a rat biting your foot either? Like, yeah. Why would you just stand there? <laughs> so he like takes his stick and sticks it in the grate a few times. And then Gaston just outright stabs the man in the foot. <laughs> also, <laughs> didn't. Didn't they already... So wasn't there, like, an off... <laughs> wasn't Come there, on. like, an off-the-cuff comment about how there's more uh, wolves than people after yes. the after the plague? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the plague what? is a thing. Yeah. So you're just gonna let a rat bite your foot? <laughs> rat fucking well, stabbed you! Like, this goes to what I was talking about earlier, where, Master again... Splinter down there. Yeah, if you just look down, it's a fucking dude. Like, he, he's got yeah. his fingers up through the grate right. for crying out loud. I think the rule is, at church, you don't talk, 
You don't say anything. You don't do anything. You just stay at church till someone tells you you can go. Because, like, no one in here does anything about all of the tomfoolery that's about to ensue. Yeah, but, like, you can at least fucking move. <laughs> so that's what he did. He's just like, I'll go find somewhere else to like stand, I, said, I guess. And, you know, you think he might look at the great after getting stabbed in the foot and notice a fucking Matthew Broderick emerge from it. I mean, but no. so weird. Maybe he just nope. didn't want to it. <laughs> didn't want to believe it. Yeah. So this is like freaking, I didn't, I didn't hear that comment about the wolves. This is freaking like wolf town. No wonder if they need a wolf catcher. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta imagine like, you know, after the, the plagues ran through and all, so many dead bodies, they couldn't bury them all. They just had to like do mass graves or just pile them up or burn them or whatever. And, I'm sure that wolves propagated like crazy because there was so much human meat. <laughs> it got them horny. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, but again, it now, out to me. now Matthew Broderick with the stealth of a freaking like moose also, <laughs> just tries also to sneak gets up super and unlock horny. the door. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah, he's, he's working on the door. Check out fucking Navarre here. He's like, all right, Imperius. I'm going to go kill the bishop. Uh, you hold on to Isbo. If you hear the bells go off, then that means I failed. And you're just going to fucking murder her. Don't even give her the choice if she wants to live on without yeah, me. Yeah, no, definitely not. No, <laughs> just no. kill her. Just kill her. Kill her. Do it painlessly, but kill her. And it almost felt like later on that those guards knew what his plan was. So yeah. they're like, we've got to ring We've got to <laughs> ring the bells ring so, for some reason. Yeah, Imperious is just like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, just do it. You got to do it. And he's like, Cut no. Do it. Yeah, he's just like, do it. <laughs> and then like they, they just sort of leave it at a stalemate. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go storm into church. Um, Yeah. And so Mouse finishes opening the door and a guard is coming over to like stop him when fucking Captain Navarre just triumphantly bursts in there. Oh, first off, though, he makes a bitch out of all of the guards out there. There's like 20 guards outside the church. He just rides up to one of them. Dude goes to draw his sword. He just fucking takes it from him and throws it on the ground. <laughs> He's like, no. So, the rest of the guards are like, are like, fuck it. Just let him in. Just let him in. So, yeah. Navarre, in his weird-ass visor, storms in there. Yeah, triumphantly, like, kicks the door open. It's, a, it's an interesting-looking, like, I guess that's the guard captain helm. Because I like how the new guard captain has a gold one. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he just comes in and like fucks up some guards, no problem. Um, and like the the new guard captain's like, all right, I got this. You want to have a church joust? Yeah, let's have a church joust. That's right. <clears throat> like I can't say I've ever seen a church joust before, but you know what could possibly go wrong? Churches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if the church doesn't have pews or anything, and like everyone just stands there like assholes, he. I mean, to be fair, Joe, you haven't been to church in a while, so yeah, this stuff could be going on. Yeah, weekly. All the, social now... dis- all the social distancing going on. There's a lot yeah. of room for jousting. It's what I do every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you guys are having jousts at your church, I might come check that out. <laughs> um, send you a pamphlet. He said, "Yeah, send me some pamphlets." <laughs> You gotta bring a hot dish. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like you learn at every Ren Fair, like, <laughs> you think jousting is cool until they start jousting, and then you're <laughs> until like, you see it happen. Yeah, you're like, this really isn't that exciting. And there's not even like a motherfucker with a kettle drum and like someone hitting like a cymbal crash to help make it more <laughs> exciting. 
Like no, it's you're just of medieval times. Yeah, this is just two guys trotting around, occasionally swinging swords at each other. It's not that exciting of a joke. Where's my Cornish game hen and flagon of Pepsi? So, so now fucking um, you know, Navar unhorses the guard captain who tries to throw his helmet at Navar and heaves the fucking thing like fifty feet in the air <laughs> through the stained glass window. Like, yeah, it's a home run. Well, he, yeah. he knocks this dude off his horse like three times, two times. Mm-hmm. So finally, the guard, the new guard captain, just tackles Navarre off the horse. He's like, "Get <laughs> off the horse! This is stupid." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Navarre still beats his ass. And then you get a kind of cool, like, first-person shot from inside Navarre's visor <laughs> as he beats up some guards. And by beats up, you mean just like push them aside? Yeah, he he takes a guard out with a straight-up rump kick. Like, just, like, I've kicked around you into your left buttock, and you're done. You're done for the battle. Like, we don't see that guard again. Um, so... He was like, well, I just got my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'm out. Yeah. So, now I can't say I didn't try. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so now this, um, this one guard's like, I'm gonna ring the bell, just cuz. Just for fun. Yeah, I'm gonna so, ring your bell, pal. Navar fucking throws a dagger at him, and the guard's still like, "No, I gotta ring the bell." <laughs> still rings it, like, "Take him like, down, Legolas." <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so now, fucking Navar's like, "Ah, shit, Isbo's dead." Well, might as well murder everyone here. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, now the the old guard captain comes at him. Um, fucking Mouse throws him his family sword. That is surprisingly underwhelming the reaction to that yeah, it's like it's ignored <laughs> for a full three minutes yeah and i was like wait when is he gonna pick it up yeah, Rucker howard like doesn't yeah. even notice it's there so fucking it's like a parody movie where matt roger tries to throw it and he goes like way at the other end of where they're fighting <laughs> it's like it's like if the lady of the lake threw excalibur and just landed in a pile of pig shit and, and, and uh, king arthur walks away <laughs> like i'm done so he uh he fucking he dispatches the guard captain with a maneuver i'd like to call the slow roll <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a somewhat effective move in that the the guard captain overstabs where he where he thought he was going to be, he rolls to like pull the sword out of the captain's hand, and then picks it up and stabs him with it. But he does like he rolls like into him, right? He rolls into him first to avoid this the okay. sword's thrust, and then he rolls away from him to pull the sword out of his hand. Yeah, the slow motion just had me all kinds of confused. I didn't know what mm-hmm. was what was happening. So the guard captain's dead, and like he um he grabs his family sword now, and there's like this one other guard who's like uh. I'm not going to try very hard. And Rucker Howard's like, good, I'm just going to push this fucking thing of candles on top of you. <laughs> yeah, and now the bishop's there. Yeah, hold and, uh, uh Will, uh, hold your hold your comments for a moment. Uh, now Prodigy starts playing uh, Smack My Bishop. Oh, <laughs> chase my bishop. Smack my bishop. <laughs> Uh, listen, <laughs> there's a story behind that, and it's uh-huh. all right. Uh, I mean, Care, it's a, it's a small story. Care to tell it? Yeah. Um, so I've been playing. <laughs> so I I was I got really sick after I got my vaccine, mm-hmm. and uh, Sharon decided it would make me feel better to get me a new game as a gift. That was nice of her. It was oh. very nice of her. So she got me Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the game's really dumb. <laughs> yep. And there's legit a mission where you're helping a band of singers mm-hmm. beat up a priest because he's saying their music is bad. And okay. they call themselves the prodigies, and then they name the song that they sing Smack My Bishop. Oh. Wow. That is a mission in a game about being an assassin in Viking times. Yep. A triple a triple A produced game. <laughs> yeah, triple so- A game that I've been killed no less than ten times just by glitches. <laughs> so what you're telling me is the Assassin's Creed people have officially given up. Oh, they've definitely given up. I got lots of stories about that game. Mm. I've started saving the clips of the stupid deaths I've had. <laughs> Uh, so I'm sorry. Go on, Joe. That's okay. Um, so now, like the bishop's like, "Where's Isbo?" And he's like, "You killed her," which is not true. Like, <laughs> I killed her. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. Basically, I killed her. I gave very specific orders yeah. that led to her death. Yeah, it's, it's very much me. And then, like, you're like, "Oh, it's a fucking eclipse." Um, so sure enough, Isbo's a person, and she walks into church. And so this gets weird, because now, like, uh, Rucker Howard's pointing this giant sword at the bishop, and he's like, look at her! <laughs> and he's like, now look at me! <laughs> now look at us! This and is also, just, again, where I was like, you guys are supposed to be in love, and he's supposed to look at you, right? So can't you at least stand near each other? Like, Yeah, like... Think from where they're standing that they couldn't stand each other. Yeah, like, she's still yeah. in the doorway, basically. Yeah. I'll just run over to her and just be like, look what I'm doing to her that you can't do. <laughs> doing this right in your house of God, because I don't give a fuck. I'm wild. I'm Rucker Hauer. But no. Um, so Isbo walks up to the bishop, takes her little, like, falcon leg restraint things. I don't know what you call those. And uh, drops them at the bishop. Which, and, also at this point, I, I had the thought of, like, wait, does she wake up naked wearing those every night? Yeah, I guess so. Wearing, like, little bands on her ankles? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that little hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I can't great. see. So, yeah, she she's broken free of her chains from the bishop, I guess. So the bishop's like, if I can't have her, no one will. And Rucker <laughs> just heaves... This, like, six-foot-long sword, straight as an arrow, through the bishop and, and driving him against the wall and through the wall. And you get, like, the, the side shot of the, the sword impaling everything. And, uh, yeah, you get the proverbial Rutger Howitzer. And, uh, yeah, bishop's dead. Imperious Morse are like, all right, I, I, I guess, or uh, mouse, not Morse. Um, think of Alien 3 for some reason. <laughs> uh, so Imperius and Mouse are like, alright, uh, I guess we're done here. I'm gonna go. And then Rucker Howard's like, alright, peace, I'm gonna swing his bow around for a while. Oh, wait, wait. And, and he, and, uh, and Mouse and, uh, the, the monk guy are, like, crying into each other's, like, shoulders. Oh, that's true, yeah, they that can't... is right. They, they do have a good holding each other moment. <laughs> well, yeah, Matthew Brother, like, kisses him. It's pretty great. <laughs> Two things with this scene. One, yep. the first one, I had a good laugh because uh, Rucker Howard is just like, oh no, you two, come over here. And I was half expecting the two like bishops or whatever in front of him to step forward. Yeah. Then, oh, oh, you meant them behind us, mm-hmm. right? Okay. The other thing is like, this was so indicative of like, 
my high school experience where it's like, yay, we saved the day. And now the, the late, the attractive lady is free and she's going to call me the best friend she could have ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to go off with this fat guy and do God knows what. <laughs> hold hold <laughs> each other and cry. Yeah. Riding his van around for a yeah. little bit, I guess. So, but it's all full circle because now we are the fat guy. Well, I was always the fat guy. <laughs> now we're doing that to young nerds everywhere. Yeah, we're the shoulder to cry on now. So, uh, <clears throat> the two of them walk off, and like in the movie fades away with uh, with uh, Navarre throwing Isbo around the church, and there's like fifty priests that just watch their bishop get killed, and like. A whole bunch of blasphemy happened in the house of God here. Yep. And, like, they're just like, well, mass was interesting today. I wonder which one of us is in charge now. Yeah. Let's that all just other... stand here. That was the other thing I was wondering about. Like, do we have a king or something? Like, who... who's in charge now? Like, I don't know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> They're all going to start fighting to the death to uh, yeah. <laughs> choose a ruler. Like, yeah, oh, mouse it... won. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I do kind of like the the cheesy line at the end where, um, you know, uh, what's his, Imperius is like, um, you know, telling Mouse to stay on the up and up, you know, because there's a spot in, in heaven for him. Um, and, you know, Mouse is like, well, I'll get in there even if I have to uh, pick the lock on the gates. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's... St. Peter has to say about that, you little... Mm-hmm. That's little right. Punk. He's got a Glock. He's the keeper of the keys. He's not afraid to use it. So... In heaven. In heaven. So the movie ends to more just bumping synthesizers. And that's it. That's Ladyhawk. There's a sign on the gates of heaven that say, we don't call 911. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. He's there too. Trespassers will be shot. Solicitors will be shot twice. (laughs) If you can read this, you're in range. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well then, Tony. So, on RottenTomatoes.com, critics have this at a score of 67%. Audience have this at a score of 74%. That's their thoughts and opinions. What about you and yours, Rob? Man, I don't know. Because <laughs> I had my what-the-hell-am-I-looking-at face on for the majority of this film. Um, here's the thing. There's nothing, there's nothing egregious about this movie, but I can't in good conscience tell anybody to watch it. There's like, mm-hmm. nothing actually happens. There's almost no dialogue. The special effects are non-existent. You can see a dirty Alfred Molina anywhere. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Rudger Howitzer is cool, but it's nothing you can't see a clip of online. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, I honestly wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. I just wouldn't bother with this. Um, That said... I have a copy for sale. <laughs> anyone interested? You wouldn't recommend anyone watch it, but you'd be willing to sell them want, the movie. I want someone to buy it. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I'm like a, I'm like at a. It's, if you want to watch it, sure, but why? That's me. Uh, Joe. Um, I'd say the rating's about right. I I enjoyed myself. 
I think a large amount of that just stemmed from the completely inappropriate music. Uh, just like, I'm like, this music's pretty cool. It does not at all match what's happening in front of me. Um, also, I thought the sets were really cool. Like, the whole mm. movie was was in filmed in many beautiful locations. I thought that the cathedral where they fought it out at the end was, was a great set for a final battle. Um, I liked the performances, even though there really wasn't a lot to any of the characters. How about Matthew um, Broderick's uh, weirdly shifting accent? Well, that was going to be the one thing I was going to point out would be like, I could do without Mouse. Like, this movie could have used a better main character. Um, and it really, by the, um, what should we call it? By like this last quarter of the movie, Navarre's the main character. Um, and Mouse is just sort of an afterthought. So, um, I would still, still recommend it though. Um, I, I enjoyed myself watching it. I like a good fantasy movie. There's nothing in here that really, like, you know, um, rustles any of my jimmies or whatever. You know, nothing got me riled up. Uh, like, the stupid stuff is, like, minimal stupid. And while there's not a lot of amazing stuff, what's in there is decent. So I'd say it's probably like a like a B minus B. Uh, I enjoyed myself. Uh one thing I do not understand, though, is this movie was nominated for two Oscars. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> yep. For uh, Best Sound and Best Sound Editing. Nope. And it's terrible <laughs> at both of those. Like, <laughs> like it's really bad. There's The hawk makes laser noises <laughs> at points. Like, it's, it's really, like, what? <laughs> I wow. would have just... Like, it didn't win for either of them, but it, it got nominated. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay. I, I was questioning that myself, and I really wanted to look up what else was nominated, or what, but particularly what won, because I'm real curious, but uh, I didn't do that, unfortunately. Mm. Was was Navarre even a likable protagonist? Yeah. He was kind of default. He kind of yeah. reminded me of the, the knight from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, I've never seen it, but... Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> okay, but I mean, like, I don't know, he was he was kind of selfish. He didn't want to be a wolf. Yeah, but he also... Put, your, he, put yourself he, in his paws. But he yeah. also was like, he was, he was kind of doing the same thing, though, where he was like, well, if I can't have her, nobody should. I'm gonna kill this brief, so you kill her. <laughs> yeah, it, that part at the end about having a the having imperious kill isbo that was fucked up but you know everything else i was like all right yeah you know he's he's standard nightman you know actually i'm sorry he's day man technically <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh so like i said uh my you know i i would say this is a light recommend uh if you're looking for like you know that fantasy style this isn't a bad one uh but it is you know it's kind of just nothing it's yeah. like you said like, you know he has there, there are major flaws in it for sure uh mouse is fairly annoying and he seems way more modernized than he ought to be uh yeah the fact that his name is gaston but he just sounds like <laughs> matthew broderick and mm-hmm. that kind of shit but um and rucker howard navarro whatever uh yeah is kind of bland but whatever it's 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 not really offensive aside from a few things like the again i get what they're going for with the you know 
if I'm dead, she wouldn't want to live, so kill her peacefully kind of thing, and add a sad element where he thinks she's dead. But yeah, it just comes off more as him being a selfish prick. Hmm. But like, I, I see what they were going for, and it, again, it's it's not offensive. Uh, right. You know, it didn't upset me or anything. So, light recommend if you got like an off weekend or something, you just need want something to throw on. You know, you got a hangover or something. It's fine, but uh, you certainly don't need to go rushing out to try and view this movie. Uh, Will? Yeah, so I was kind of um, trying to put my thoughts together, and you know, I, I know a lot of times we say we give things like a light recommend, so I'm going to do sort of the other side of that coin and do like a light not recommend. Like you guys were saying, it's not straight up bad, like horrible, horribly made, um, and it's not even like so bad it's good but for me it just didn't uh hit me in the right place um like i said i kind of fell asleep for a little bit of it so that tells you at least where i was at um i think the story itself is really you know i've told a couple friends we were watching it and uh one person i was like yeah we're watching lady hawk and they're like is that with bruce willis (laughs) (laughs) i'm like no that's hudson hawk but i don't know which one's worse um Oh, I watched this over Hudson Hall. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, so yeah, I think the idea is really interesting, and if this if the plot sounds like something you're into, definitely check it out. But I'm not gonna really say you you need to watch it, or you know, with the amount of cool stuff streaming right now, like that you need to try and you know go find it somewhere. Um, yeah, so I was more intrigued by the plot than what actually, or the, yeah, the idea than what I was actually put on to film. Um, anything else I would say would just kind of be echoing some other people's thoughts, but yeah, so I just say light, not recommend. Oh shit, folks. Uh, I don't know what to do here because we are perfectly out of split. <laughs> one light recommend, one not, or light not recommend, one recommend and one not recommend. Oh, well, I was going to ask no how many percent. times would you, uh, would you like, how many times watching Willow in a, in a row? would it take before you were like, all right, I'll watch this movie. Am I being forced to watch these in a row? I think I would watch this before watching Willow. Really? Period. Yeah. Okay. No, I'd say I was going to recommend Willow because like this is, if you want like that eighties, you know, fantasy. I I think, I think Willow just feels a lot longer to me. Yeah. But a lot more happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think Willow technically is longer. But this movie's two hours. I don't want to see that goopy thing turn inside out, though. That's not... Yeah, its head explodes, though. You know what? The more I think about this, the more I'm not sure. Okay. Because I really don't... I don't ever want to see Michelle Pfeiffer turn into that hawk again. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so... But Michelle Pfeiffer... uh, She's in it for, like, three seconds, and she's got a weird hairdo, and, like, I could watch Batman Returns. Mm. Yes. Batman Returns exists, therefore this movie has no reason to exist. Oh, <laughs> uh, just because of Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, yeah, that's weird. I would, I'd watch Willow like a bunch of times before watching this. I'd watch uh, Willow once and then not watch either of them. I would yes. just, uh, I would decline completely for the rest of the day. Yeah, that would be my, uh, what you call it, my recommendation. I could, I could, re- I could recommend Willow over this for yeah. sure. Right. Fucking steal some babies. <laughs> Dikini babies. <laughs> Get Warwick Davis running around, fucking General Kale and Sorsha. Awesome stuff. 
Yeah. Right, so we'll say Willow. Sure. For the light recommend for Lady. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to lightly recommend the Steakhouse Premium Bacon from IHOP. Uh, According to the this ad that I'm looking at right now, it's five times thicker. I don't know okay. what it's. What? I don't know what is thicker than. I don't know that I would want five times thicker bacon than normal bacon. Five times thicker than something one fifth its size. I'm pretty sure that's just like a slice of ham at that point, like mm. or yeah. pork belly. It's a pork chop at that point. Yeah. Um. I. It says try it. I'm not going to try it. But uh, I just figured I'd share that info. Nice. This episode is also brought to you by Acura. Less talk, more drive. Whose turn is it to roll? It's my turn. Yes, it is. (sighs) So I've got the list randomized. Um, uh, I don't want to roll the d20 of fate because you guys aren't here in person. So I'm just going to go to random.org and or I'm sorry, rolladie.net to roll a 20-sided die. Um, Go ahead and hit the button now. <laughs> and I rolled a 14, which is uh, 2021's Ape vs. Monster from Asylum Films. That's not true. <laughs> well, that's like, oh, wow. I yeah, I was. Lied. I, lied. I lied to you guys. Uh... <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry. Alright, 14. Oh, geez. 14 is actually. 1993's Groundhog Day. Oh, all right. Get a romantic comedy of sorts. Nice, I guess. This will be the challenge of talking about a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but yeah, there you go. There. We've lived a Groundhog Day the last year, so. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. I mean we work in retail, so every day is pretty much Groundhog Day. You know, it's kind of it's kind of what we're working with. <coughs> but <coughs> excuse me, I apologize, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. I'm talking to you guys, not the audience. Oh, well, thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, of course. I like Talk, being here. Maybe you. um, you know, in the next few weeks, we'll be all fully vac- vaccinated and can maybe hang out. That would be swell. That would be swell. <sighs> to the rest of you guys, our, our listening audience, our patrons, you guys are amazing. We want to thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, we do appreciate it. It's what keeps us coming back, despite not being able to actually, like, hang out in person. If you want to hear what else we've done, you can find our episode archives at the at www.4ampodcast.podbean.com. You can support us by picking up some merch at teespring.com slash 4ampodcast. You can, of course, support the podcast and get access to patrons-only content via patreon.com slash 4ampodcast. You can, of course, email us at the4ampodcast at gmail.com. That is pretty much it. Does anybody else have anything to add? I think I'll, I'll quickly check the email just in case we have anything new to talk about. But I think I'm good. We don't, so <laughs> we should go. Uh-huh. Good fam. Yeah, I'm ready for dinner. Right. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, I don't know what all that is about, but uh, yeah. We'll see you guys in the next episode with Groundhog Day. Bye. Uh, adios. Good night, everybody.